first, uh, I want to uh, talk about this whistleblower Facebook uh, testimony that we kind of watched this week. Uh, former uh, Facebook product manager Francis Haugen testified before the Senate in what lawmakers are describing as a call to action to regulate Facebook. Let's just play a little bit of that, Jack, that first little clip. I believe Facebook's products harm children, stoke division, and weaken our democracy. The company's leadership knows how to make Facebook and Instagram safer, but won't make the necessary changes because they have put their astronomical profits before people. And now lawmakers on both sides of the aisle are calling for the government to step in and to regulate social media. Will this happen? Should this happen? And if it happens, how will it happen? And with us to discuss the issue is Matthew Feeney. He's the director of Cato's Institute's Project on Emerging Technologies, where his work focuses on where new technologies intersect with civil liberties. And that's exactly what we have here. Matthew, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. So did Ms. Haugen lay out a compelling argument that Facebook is doing harm? It, it's certainly the case uh, that she outlined a, a case that I, I imagine is of concern to especially parents across the country and the world. Uh, the, the tricky thing, I think, though, for those who have worries about how Facebook is running its platform, such as yeah, the, the old school uh, Facebook platform, but also Instagram, is that uh, from at least my perspective, uh, lawmakers have rather limited options here. Uh, the, 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 the First Amendment is a pretty significant barrier, I think, to many of the regulations. Uh, many people, I think, instinctively feel that they would like. Uh, and and I, I worry that um, in conversations about these kind of um, controversies that we um, risk uh, overlooking, I think, some of the value that many people get out of uh, these platforms. I mean, you would have to be naive, I think, to um, to believe, especially after the last couple of weeks, that there are no downsides to social media. But we should be, I think, hesitant if you're if you're a regulator or a lawmaker to uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater. And, you know, um, when you think of, and I always have to explain this, and because people always say, oh, for, you have First Amendment rights. Facebook has, for, you know, has First Amendment rights. Well, or you have First Amendment rights when you're dealing with Facebook. But that's not the case, as we know, as I've said this on my show all the time. When you're a private company, you are not regulated by the First Amendment. It's only when the government takes action and the government um, does things to impair or impact uh, First Amendment rights are there issues. And certainly, if the government comes in and, and, and puts in place regulations, that's a real, I mean, it's not just a slippery slope. It's like a mudslide. Is it not? I agree. Uh, most people, um, I think, associate the First Amendment with a very important value, which is uh, free speech. But uh, the First Amendment, as you pointed out correctly, is not a entitlement to a platform for your speech. The First Amendment is restraint on government. And uh, that, I think, is going to pose a problem for any lawmaker uh, outraged by the recent revelations. Uh, the, the fact is that Facebook is a private company and retains First Amendment rights when it comes to content posted by themselves, but also uh, their ability to remove content from third parties like users who post photos and comments. So they talk a lot about algorithms that are that Facebook itself uses to sort of call out what it is doing as far as self-policing uh, content. And again, you listen, you're talking to somebody who doesn't know a lot about technology, and you do, but can you break it down and explain to our listeners what 
what is an algorithm and what in how does it work and how effective is it in preventing what might be harmful or um, oh incendiary type of speech great question uh, the the best way to understand algorithms is they are just rules that technology companies write uh, and they can do a variety of different things but when we're thinking about Facebook we should keep in mind the business model which is uh, they sell space for digital advertisers, and it is therefore valuable for Facebook to keep users on the platform as long as possible. Every minute that you're on Facebook or Instagram, you are not on Google or YouTube or Twitter. And they have designed rules, like these algorithms, uh, that detect what kind of content keeps you on the platform longer. Uh, so Facebook knows uh, an immense amount uh, about how you treat certain kinds of content or news. So they can tell what kind of uh, hobbies you enjoy, who your friends are, and what kind of material keeps you engaged. And that is uh, very valuable for Facebook because with all of that data, they can tweak these algorithms to try and keep people on their platform for longer. I think, though, in the context of Instagram in particular, the recent revelation showed that uh, a, a minority, but a significant minority of especially uh, teenage girls uh, uh, feel as if they are um, reliant on especially Instagram and that Instagram, it seems, rewards uh, young girls or at least keeps them on the platform by uh, showing them what many people consider to be harmful material. The uh, obsession with uh, Instagram showing you know, unrealistic body types or um, things like that uh, are, I think, what have people concerned. But at core, an algorithm is just a rule that a tech company will build to try and keep people engaged. And we're going to take a break in a minute, but I just have a comment to that. And again, uh, you know, I think even Mark Zuckerberg came out earlier, I believe this year, and said, yeah, government should have some regulations on us. And I think a lot of people, I, I like the idea of some regulation, However, you know, when I was a kid, Matthew, I mean, I was told not to read Vogue magazine and 16 and all those seven, whatever, 17, whatever those magazines were because of the same exact thing, that these were unrealistic body types and that even television glamorized people who were overly thin and movies do the same thing. So is there an argument that because social media is so pervasive that, th- that there's a heightened uh, concern here? And should there be a heightened concern? It's certainly a concern, but I, I think the very nature of the content we're concerned with here raises very significant um, barriers for, for lawmakers. We've already discussed the First Amendment. Uh, and I think that, though, is important because here we're not talking about tobacco or um, some other kind of or alcohol or some product. Yet speech and publications are explicitly mentioned in our constitution. Uh, and so whether it's magazines of old, which also uh, showcase unrealistic bodies, or we're talking about Facebook, the fact is uh, we, we historically in the United States have been very hesitant to regulate speech. And I think that's a great virtue of this country, but um, that's not to say there aren't, of course, some downsides. Let's take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about if there is government regulation, what kinds of regulation and how would this work and uh, would it create a cottage industry of lawsuits, which uh, I think I'm, I'm leaning toward. Uh, you're listening to the Karen Conti Show. I'm here with Matthew Feeney from the Cato Institute. We'll be back in a minute. Algorithms are very smart in the sense that they latch on to things that people want to continue to engage with. And unfortunately, in the case of teen girls and things like self-harm, 
they develop these feedback cycles where children are using Instagram as to self-soothe, but then are exposed to more and more content that makes them hate themselves. We can afford nothing less than full transparency. As long as Facebook is operating in the shadows, hiding its research from public scrutiny, it is unaccountable. Until the incentives change, Facebook will not change. We're here with Matthew Feeney, the director of Cato's project on emerging technologies. Um, Matthew, um, you talked a little bit about algorithms and you were talking about them in terms of how Facebook wants to keep its uh, users uh, engaged on uh, their their sites, which, of course, they are entitled to and they should do because that's their profit center. Um, does Facebook, to your knowledge, have algorithms that attempt to weed out harmful conduct, contact, uh, communications such as uh, terrorist-type things or misinformation? Do you know if they are trying to do that? Well, I should start by saying I, I don't have um, insider knowledge, but we, what we do know is that uh, Facebook does have um, a pretty uh, exhaustive uh, list of content that they do not allow and seek to remove, and I, I'm sure that there are algorithms that are aimed towards removing that kind of content, which, by the way, we should keep in mind, most of which is legal. Uh, there's plenty of you know, awful but legal content out there. Uh, but, but oftentimes, I think when we're thinking about this kind of, of debate, we overlook sometimes the scale of the problem here, uh, or at least the issue. Yeah, there's something like 350 million photos uploaded to uh, Facebook per day. Uh, the, the, the scale of the content this company is dealing with is enormous. So we should expect that when they are using algorithms and sometimes human moderators to remove harmful content, that inevitably some content will make it through the net, so to speak. Uh, but I, I don't think uh, we should overlook the fact that uh, that the, the perfect will sometimes be um, considered the, the enemy of um, should not be considered the enemy of the good here. So let's just say that the government is going to get involved in regulating social media. First of all, would you think that a special agency would be set up or would we do it through an existing agency? Is that, do you have a kind of a view of that? I, obviously, you're looking in your crystal ball here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are a number of uh, agencies, I suppose, where someone might try to house something like that. Uh, the, the tricky thing with social media is it doesn't really fit into um, many of these regulatory agencies very well, especially the large ones such as Facebook and Google. We think of these companies as social media sites or search sites, but they're doing so much more than just that. Uh, so you can think of something like maybe the FCC, uh, but obviously because of antitrust concerns, people uh, have um, talked about these companies in the context of the FTC. I, however, think that such a body uh, would be contrary to the goals that many people supporting them uh, would, would uh, many of the goals many people supporting regulation espouse. So, for example, uh, we've just seen today uh, one of Facebook's vice presidents, Nick Clegg, say that um, the, the law that provides liability protections to these uh, companies should be amended. And I think that should have alarm bells ringing. Uh, powerful market incumbents will oftentimes, when they view regulation as inevitable, rush to Capitol Hill with their lobbyists to make sure that uh, they can at least comply with whatever new regulatory regime uh, lawmakers build. And, and I worry about that because I, I think we want to have a vibrant entrepreneurial market where competitors can rise up. But if 
Congress passes extensive regulations that only multi-billion dollar market incumbents can comply with, then I think Facebook, Google, and the rest of uh, big tech gets bigger. Right, right. Um, let's just say there's a body set up, and what what kinds of regulations would you see? I've heard the word transparency, and I don't know if that means that we as the public would get to see the algorithms or know what Facebook does and how it weeds out harmful con, um, communications. I mean, do, what what are the what are some of the bullet points of what you would expect to see in a regulation if this were to come come to pass? Good question. Uh, the, 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 there are a number of things I think many people have on their wish list. So, for example, people would demand to have more data from these companies about how often accounts are closed and how often accounts are closed by machine rather than human. Uh, they would like to have uh, more data, I think, on the teams behind the building of the algorithms, what kind of data is pushed into the algorithms. But long before, I think, any of that regulation would be implemented, there would be plenty of lawsuits and challenges to such a thing. Uh, you know, keep in mind, you're, you're asking for the, the government of the United States to ask a private company to reveal what makes them profitable. Right. Uh, and, you yeah. know, that would be a pretty dramatic step um, because these, these algorithms are kept under lock and key for a reason, which is they're worth a lot of money. Uh, and uh, so I, I, I just don't think overall that this would be a, uh, you know, a particularly effective way to remove harmful content from big tech. And B, I think such uh, an approach would risk making big tech bigger. And C, I think it would set a pretty frightening precedent for uh, potential future industries. I mean, could there be general regulations that it doesn't sound like they would have much teeth? But for instance, uh the goal, uh, you know, the, the Facebook or, you know, uh, social media should avoid uh, having teens um, uh, do things that are harmful to them. And to the extent that it is identified that such and such is harmful to them, the social media companies shall refrain from doing that. Or, I mean, w- is that too specific? Would that would that even fly? Is that something that is a First Amendment issue, you think? There are First Amendment issues there, but um, I, I think that sounds actually a little too broad. Right. I mean, first off, the, the difficult thing is, um, what is a social media company? Um, that's, uh, I think a lot of people have an intuitive understanding of what that is, but uh, your listeners, maybe when um, they have some spare time on their lunch hour, should try and write down what the definition of a social media company is and how a lawmaker might write that in a bill. Yeah, one of the most um, popular websites in the world, Wikipedia, is not a for-profit, multi-billion-dollar corporation, but relies entirely on people arriving on forums, debating, exchanging comments, and all that sort of thing. Uh, Yelp, for example, is a review site, but certainly people have accounts and they share ideas. It's not everyone. I think has an intuitive understanding of what social media is, but it's much broader than what I think that intuition suggests. Well, and uh, th- that's a problem, I think. Yeah, uh, we could talk about this forever. And, I, and I'm sorry, we didn't even get to some of these questions. But please, please come back and join us again, will you? And, uh, because I think I think we're going to see some um, some developments and I would like your feedback on them. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this is Matthew Feeney, a Cato's Project on Emerging Technologies. You're listening to The Karen Conti Show on WGN.